0: I'm Andrew Millen, and you're listening to the Celtic Soul podcast. And you're all very welcome back. And my god, have we got stuff to talk about today? My guest on the show will be Jim Riley. Jim was born in Cope Ridge and now lives the other side of the world in Sydney and is president of the Sydney Celtic Supporters Club. This episode has been kindly sponsored by Ottawa Shore in Dundalk. Thanks very much to Owen McGuinness for all the continued support of both the fanzine and now the podcast. We will post up Ottawa Shore's details and links in the podcast description. If your business or Celtic Supporters Club like what we're doing with the podcast and would love to become a sponsor, we would love you to become a sponsor. (laughs) Email us at info at com for more information. And as always, you can contact us through the website or message us on social media. Now, Ronan, our long-suffering producer, is fascinated by the podcast and the analytics and the particular way people are listening to around the world. So now, at Ronan's request, we are asking you to get in contact with us and let us know who you are and where you are listening from as I said we got listeners from all around the globe who's listening in Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi so who's our listeners in Abu Dhabi? <laughs> I'm struggling to pronounce that folks and this one's going to get better in Angola in a place called Luanda or who's our listeners in Johannesburg in South Africa? please get in contact with us What's your connection with Celtic let us know your story we want to hear what's going on and we're delighted that we have listeners all over the world Oh, dearie, dearie me. How do we get to this stage? How is the Celtic support so divided? It's all about who's going to lead the team on and off the park, isn't it? Who's going to take us further? I tell you, it's toxic on social media. It's toxic viewing. It's toxic reading. I've seen good mates fall out because of the love of Celtic. You know, over what way we move forward at the club. I suppose we're all missing Celtic. We're all missing that match day fix and what goes with it. On Sunday night, the club released a statement. And look, if it's true, you couldn't argue with it. But I'm not really going to comment on it because I wasn't at the ground that night. I've seen the odd video, I've seen a few pictures. But over the years, I've learned not to trust the media or reprint or share the comments, you know, and I certainly won't be cutting and pasting the stuff that's in the tabloids and putting it up. We've now got Sky Sports coming out saying that, you know, police are investigating, and that's always going to happen when there's a disturbance whether it's in the city centre, whether it's around the football ground, or it's a domestic in a house. Things have to be investigated. But of course, we've had headlines like, riot. I don't know what riot they've ever been at, but I'll tell you one thing, that was not a riot the other night. But it's maybe not the way forward. Peaceful protest is the way forward. Yeah, by all means protest. Don't give the media and our opposition supporters a chance to ridicule us. Like most fans, aren't confused and dazed the lack of clarity from the board about the current situation at the club is not going to go away. Leaks to the press don't cut it. COVID-19 has stripped us of normality in our lives. We're not able to attend games. It's a massive frustration. As I said, important things are missing this season. Your regular football fix, the points in the pub with your mates, the sing-song, the passion, the emotion. That emotion that is driven by 90 minutes, backing your team, bringing the highs of winning and the lows of defeat. But you're never alone You've always got your mates And they've always got your back At this stage I hope Neil Lennon decides That he's had enough And moves on with his life Because I don't see any of these players Having his back I'm no football expert I'm just a fan So sharing my opinion on Coaching on the training pitch Sports science Relaxation rooms Or the instructions in the dressing room Will be pointless I can only go on Neil Lennon's achievements at Celtic And they are impressive 20 major medals as a player and a manager His legacy at the club is secured, no matter what happens now, no matter what anyone thinks. I thought Neil and the team had it in them to go on a run in December, but on Sunday's performance, I think maybe not. Maybe I'm just blind because I love the club, like so many, but I lay in bed Sunday night and I suppose I was in a state of shock, but I couldn't help wondering the thoughts that must be going through Neil Lennon's head. Not Neil Lennon the manager, but Neil Lennon the person. When enemies turn on you, it's easier to deal with, because you expect it, that's life. But when it's your own that's turning on you, it must be so hard. After all, we're all human. We have emotions, we have feelings. And no matter how hard Neil Lennon looks outside or on the field of play, he feels it too. It's a shame but love has torn us apart. Jim Riley is a Celtic fan from Coatbridge, but he now lives across the world in Sydney. And for the past eight years, he has been president of the Sydney City Celtic Supporters Club. Hello, Jim. A very welcome to the Celtic Soul podcast. The last time we spoke was in Thailand at the Land of Smiles Supporters Festival when you were leaving to get back to Australia as the world started to go into lockdown. How has life been since
1: those days? <laughs> Hello, Dan. Andrew, how are you? Oh, it's been, been good. Work's been a bit slow. We had we had the lockdown, but obviously we had to get the lockdown We come back. And uh, oh, we seem to have turned the corner here in Australia with the, with the lockdowns and stuff. We've sort of moved on. And uh, I'm on I'm off work for a bit here as it is. I've got the operation on in my knee and I'm just taking the time off. That's it.
0: Well we wish you a speedy recovery, Jim. <laughs> yeah, thanks mate. I've seen you dancing, so you're no loss to the dancing world
1: anyway. Well, I wouldn't imagine so.
0: so. I have seen posts from Australia where where the supposed clubs are meeting and I have to say I envy you because we're in we're in lockdown. There'll be no bars open here before Christmas or the New Year and I'm missing the interaction with my fellow Supporters from the supporters club first, and then even before we go to Glasgow, you know, we've, we've got a WhatsApp group, is the nearest thing we have to the supporters bus or the supporters pub. And I just think that maybe that's why social media is just so toxic at the moment because we've no game to go to defend our anger and we've no mates to sit and discuss the game and have the crack. And, yeah. But you, you, you have that, you, you, you're you now back, and you're back watching the
1: game. Yeah, we're back, but the pub where we watch it, the games then uh it's all limited numbers still the four square metre rule and stuff like that. But generally we will get every game played. Every game is played we watch we can watch it live. No matter what time of the night in the morning, we see every game. And that's a big thing. And we do get a a hardcore of guys that turn up every every game. You know, guys will travel for an hour to come and watch it. sit in a pub, leave the pub at three in the morning, get sit in a bus for an hour and twenty minutes to go home. You know, just stuff like that. So we do have a good, we've got a good crowd that comes in and watches the games. It's very, and it is hard for people because it's a lot easier for people now. they get Celtic TV, they've got these gym things and it's hard enough trying to get people in the pub without all these different outlets showing the games.
0: How important, Jim, is it that a club like your own, people come together to mm. watch the games?
1: Oh, to be fair, we've been going this, and you do get the, the same amount. But this year, you get the same amount of people turning up every year and the big games, it's the same. But now we're getting more and more. We're getting a lot of younger people. They're passing, they're travelling, they're joining, and they're hanging about. And again, because you, the pubs are limited, it's a big thing to come and sit and watch a Celtic game. Like if you're playing Rangers or whatever, or you got we've got a cup final in a couple of weeks' time, that'll be a big night for us in the club. And it's a Sunday night here. I think the game kicks off at like 1 o'clock on the Monday morning. Or I'm, I just can't remember, but it's going to be a Monday morning kick-off for us. So there will be a, a decent crowd. Maybe not as much as a, as like a Celtic and Rangers game, but it's because people got work on the Monday. If it's was a Saturday, Sunday morning, it would be an ideal. But you just take it how it comes.
0: So, yeah, so like your members are getting together to watch the games and then basically, because of the times, just paint the picture, so an afternoon game is, is like, yesterday's game was one o'clock in the morning over there.
1: One o'clock in the morning here, yeah.
0: So then, the, say our latest evening games, Europa eight o'clock game, that's... What time you watch 7 in the, in the morning? morning. <laughs> and then it's... people have to go to the walk. So it's not exactly yeah. a deal.
1: No, it's stupid o'clock times. Like, and if it's a, a 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, it's 2 o'clock on a Sunday morning for us. So, and it's very hard to like go to like 12 o'clock and not have a couple of beers before it. So you tend to meet people before it, go to the pub, get the flags up, and you're and now it's 2 o'clock. And it's a hard thing, you know? But we generally get a good crowd, decent crowds in.
0: Yeah, but it's a very important thing. It seems to be, Jim, from speaking to you
1: before. It's a social thing for a lot of people, meeting meet other like-minded people. And you said, you know, yeah, you, I mean,
0: get, you get people that are travelling through.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of, the, one of the members, well, you know, Brian, Brian will drive, Brian will drive up, maybe a two-hour drive to That's come Brian and watch McAvoy. It. Brian McAvoy. Brian McAvoy, yeah. Brian will literally, a two-hour drive more, he might stay in the city, sometimes he'll drive back home, depends what he's up to.
0: It's a lot of commitment, and fair play to him because. But well, you know, I'm in a supporters club, and I know the importance. It would be easier for me probably to travel on my own there with cheap airfares and that. But I still want to be part of the club, not only for that as well, but for us over here, Jim. You know, the bigger your club is, the more chance you have of tickets. You know, the more season correct, yeah. You know, and the more and the more chance you have of kind of you know giving a fair shout out to everyone that wants to go to the away games. But anyway, when I had to talk about my supporters club, <laughs> Jim, t- take us. Just tell us uh, Just tell us. Give us a bit of the history of the, your supporters club when it was founded. Oh, membership. Oh, and
1: the, the club was started in 1982, and I think they had the first meeting the 25th of May. Funny enough, 1982, and it's It's nearly 30, 30, 30, 30. years old. Nearly 39 years old. And uh, at this moment in time, we've got over 140 members, which is the most we've, we've ever had, which is good for us because Sydney has been such a transient town. People come, join up, get their t shirt, and you never see them again. You know, so I mean, we do a lot of things for the members. We have nights out, we have barbecues, we have boat trips because you've got to try and keep it alive, you know, keep everybody interested. And that's a hard thing. And sometimes it is hard because people are quite, people have got other things. Sydney's a big place, and if you've got a barbecue, Try to Hit the numbers for it. They've got to try and gauge. You tell people, uh, oh, we'll turn up," and you try to work out what, how much food, how much drink to get. And if nobody turns up, it's you know, it's a bit a, a bit of a bummer. But generally, we do all right. The boat cruises are probably one of the biggest highlights here, here because it's such a great day, and that's I've got a hundred people on a boat, and it's just absolute madness. But it's good.
0: Yeah, I've heard about the famous cruise. Mark Gainer, a lad, <laughs> a lad that was walking over there, he joined up, which is and. But well, he said that the club was great value, you know. He said, you know, yeah. you, you got t shirts, you got this boat cruise, you know, and I have to say it's one, of, it's, it's on my bucket list.
1: Oh, you've definitely come over
0: <laughs> somewhere. You'd enjoy it. It's only the <laughs> travelling. I've been on buses going to Europe for longer. Uh, probably I. Now, Jim, firstly, you know, your thoughts
1: on Sunday's game. Oh, my goodness. Where do you want to start? I, I can't see. I see a rock. Right? I think, personally, they're up. And I thought we started all right, but they are making basic mistakes. For footballers, it's basic mistakes. They're getting paid handsomely to play their trade. And I think that absolutely... Some of the the, the the passing, the thinking... I actually saw it was Scott Brown yesterday, and he one of the most experienced players we've got. He kicked the ball out of the park for a pass. And it was just... To me, it's, it's not acceptable when, when they're in such a position. And uh, once it went 2-0, it was just... They just keep me bit... Oh, all overshot me personally I would play a four four two every game no matter who your opposition is so if you're playing one up front it never I always think it gives too much for the forward to do and I always try to play off them and if you play two up front my idea is play two up front you've always got two defenders watching them and then you can bring your wing backs in but the game yesterday was just a disaster absolute disaster and the aftermath itself was just a, a total that's just that's not on we are, we're out the cup, but as I said to some of the boys, you can't win every game, you can't win every cup you go, it's got to end somewhere, and unfortunately, there's ended yesterday.
0: Yeah, it was a remarkable record, and we, we all knew it would come to an end at some stage, uh, I suppose, there may be fans that, you know, that thought it wouldn't, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're, we're old enough to know that. It's not, yeah. always, it's not always rosy in the garden when you're a Celtic fan. Steve, just a couple of points there, and one you make with the two up top, George McCluskey, knew. George knows a thing or two about playing up top for Celtic. And he, he had said on, on the podcast recently that, you know, Big Eddie, he said he's not a an, an striker. So now, now that was it, you know, and he would, I think George would prefer if he played up front as well with someone. I think yeah. the players yesterday, there was a time during the game I thought, like, I normally am very animated in the sitting room and I and I hate watching the, the, the telly, you know, watching the games on my own at home. But, you know, because I'm lucky enough that I can get to the stadium for most games. And, yeah. But I found myself yesterday, I was a totally different, I suppose, supporter. I sat in silence because it looked at times that the players had never played together again. And you, you wouldn't have heard it over there, I don't think, because I think you would get the games through Celtic TV. Yes, yes, that one. Well, well I watched the game on, on Premier Sports. Um, it was part of the virtual season book, but I watched it on Premier Sports. And Alan Stubbs basically said, you know, he said, you know, it, it, the manager will got you know. The manager will be blamed, and you know the book stops with the manager. But he said it's a bigger picture here. He says, and he basically said the players weren't playing for Neil Lennon, and but he said if they're not playing for Neil Lennon, they should be playing for the jersey. You know, they should be playing for the fans. And I can understand fans gathering yesterday to show um, the anger. Now, how they showed their anger, I disagree with. I, I you know people have the right to protest, but I don't think that. Uh, and would have been achieved by it yesterday. I think if people wanted Neil Lennon to go, I think there probably would have been a bigger chance if there hadn't been a protest yesterday. Because I don't see people like Dermot Desmond or major shareholder or Peter Lowell or board members. They can now say, well, if we get rid of him now, it's it's mob rule. And if we get another manager in and it doesn't work, well, what if they protest again? Do we have to sack that manager? So I just think that I think it's a very, very tricky situation to deal with now.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, personally, I think Lennon will stay. I, I just feeling he'll stay. I don't think, as you say, Peter Lawler and Demet Desmond, I don't think they're going to pull the pin on him just because of this one result. No, I think what's, what will happen, they'll give him a chance to Christmas or the after the, the Rangers game. And if it, uh, There's nothing happening there. Then, because 10 in a row will be well gone. There's still a slim chance, 10 in a row can happen. It's not out of possibilities that we can do it. There's only a couple of games behind, you know, and um, then it's going to be more games. Once the Cup final, we'll, we'll drop another game. It'll be three games we need to try and catch, play catch up with. But I don't think you'll go. And uh, I just think, as you say, everybody can have a protest, but doing it the way they did it was just, it's not actually, it's not nice to see, especially for your team.
0: Well, Jim, I just want to say like, like we went there, right? So what we're, what we're seeing is, the media's always going to sensationalise it. And I suppose some of our own fan media websites are guilty of that as well. But I just think that the little bits I did see, you know, were kind of, I've seen riots. That I, you know, these went, not right. yeah. You know, this yeah. was a group of fans, disgruntled, shaking a few barriers. Um, I'm told there was abuse thrown at Lennon. I'm told there was abuse thrown at Lowell. I, I, and I'm told that there was abuse thrown towards the players. Uh, I don't know. I can't... Um, You know, for the little snippets I've seen, and so I don't really want to get into the if buts and maybe's of what was done or what wasn't done, but it doesn't look good. Uh, As a fan, I'm saddened, Jim. I'm saddened that we're divided, and this divide is in families, you know, friends, supporters, clubs, and it just. But I've always said everyone's entitled to an opinion, and opinion should be
1: respected. Yeah, hundred percent. There's boys boys in the club think Lennon should go. They blame Peter Law. They're John Kennedy. They're blaming everybody. But at the end of the day, everybody's opinion counts. But the way the after the game last night, that was just to me. That was wrong. It just made me feel a bit sick watching it and seeing the seeing the, the clips coming in. I know as you see, clips can be shown for different app, uh, different angle, and look worse than they really are. But you're reading the papers. The police have been injured, and they were throwing things at the players' cars as they're driving out. Which is wrong. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that 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 can't. Be, that's not acceptable in, in any society.
0: Yeah, well, look, the board released a statement last night, and you know you couldn't disagree with what the board said about what we've won and what's happening outside the stadium. But at the same time, they have to hold a hand up and say we have not communicated with the fans. Yeah. Neil Lennon has had to come out and say we back at them instead of us coming out and saying, and this is why we're back at them, and this is where you know if we're not within touch and distance of Rangers, we're going to consider changing it in January. And then we have a picture of the blueprint. Yeah. But it just seems to me, since Brendan Rodgers fell out with Peter Lowell, oh, when that relationship became toxic. Now, we're told it's a bit a player that Brendan went to sign and Peter didn't get it over the line. We're told that Brendan was having getting too much power at the club and Peter didn't like it. Now, we don't know how true these things are, but if they come out, rather than putting a, a statement out on the website saying, thank you, but no thank you. If they yeah. come out and told us, like it's not too long ago Peter Lowell was going around with Neil Lennon in his first time to support his clubs so they, would buy or so they would buy season books and support the club. And there was open debates there. I remember a very open debate in Dublin about the poppy on the jersey. The poppy's no longer on mm. the jersey. Yeah. The club still donate to the, to the poppy fund, yeah. but it's no longer on the jersey. So there's debate. The there was a conversation that was had and something came out of it. No, Jim, we just seem to have
1: nothing. Silence. Yeah. What I see all the time now is, as we spoke earlier, it seems to be Neil Lennon doing all the talking. You're not hearing from anybody above him. He's talking for everybody, for the players, for himself, and for the boardroom. For the, that is the board members. Somebody's got to come out and say to them, like he's either getting backed or he's not getting backed. You know, I I just think personally, he's he's talking. He's He goes into the press conferences and he's getting asked a hundred questions about this one and that one, and he's left to talk about things that probably really should be, he shouldn't be talking about, you know, like who's saying and all that. He's, he's got to be into these, like the board, like people all and them, they've got to take part of the blame somewhere because it's all one-way traffic and it's Lennon. And he gets that, he's getting it all the time in the head. He's yeah. getting shot no matter what he says or does. He's, he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't.
0: Uh, and without going over all ground, Jim, you know, for Neil Lennon to have to come out and defend the club's COVID-19 policy, when he's not, oh. you know, a scientist, and he's not a doctor, and we have a medical team at the park, you know, and, and I wouldn't say it was an argument, but w- I was commenting on social media with someone last night, and they they were kind of saying why are we a beef with the board, and kind of said this is why there's was a beef, and they come back and you know, to much fraud, and but you know, there was no no name calling, it was it was it was. It was Decent debate. Civilized. Yeah, civilized, civil, civilized yeah. <laughs> but, uh, which is not a lot of at the moment. <laughs> not, not very often. He, and he was making the point that, you know, like, oh, well, clubs don't give blueprints. Club directors, you know, and he was using big companies that went football clubs. Now, f- yeah. for me, you can't, con- you, Charlie Football Club is different than a telecoms company. You know, yeah. and, 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 you know, Charlie Football Club, you know, although it's a, co- it's a, it's a public limited company, it's also a football club. And it's the heartbeat of a community. Oh, we wouldn't okay. be on here talking about. It. I don't see many podcasts about, you know, BT, <laughs> be, be, you know, te- telecom, telecom <laughs> yeah. companies, you know, exactly. But, and I suppose without without boring the a pants out of people, you look at Sky Sports News, and every day you put it on. There is a chairman on talking about, you know, how the club needs fans back, why they can't operate under these. They need X amount to operate, and you know, these some of these clubs are from the lower divisions in England. You know, we've had. Club chairman on radio stations in Scotland from lower division teams, you know, explaining, you know, how they vo- why they voted for the season to finish when he didn't, you know. You don't really have anyone from Sally coming on saying, this is why we voted for this, this is why we're voting for this. And that kind of, and with, without, without dialogue and without conversation, yeah. people, people will make their own minds up and say, well, it must be because of this and it must be because of that. And social media then becomes toxic.
1: Yeah, because people put two and two and they get six. They add two and two together. They've got their own opinions. Their opinions could be 100 miles off the mark, but they still think they're right. They
0: may may have the facts that we don't have. They may have someone that has told them. They may have someone within the camp. And somebody to blow them
1: down. Somebody to blow them out of the water with another another. fact. That's what happens all the time.
0: But one thing for sure, Jim, is I think for Neil's health and for himself that he should go. Because those players do not want to play for Neil.
1: Yes, he, it. he
0: proved it you know yeah. and he's tried systems he's tried rotation and I don't buy in that Neil yeah. Lennon isn't a good coach because when he was at Hibs he was able to put up great performances against Celtic and he probably took yeah. his yeah. opponents we had when Brendan was manager he was the manager in charge when we beat Barcelona he was the manager yeah. in charge last year when we beat Lazio Toy oh, he, yeah. he, can't, he,
1: can't, he can't disregard these facts nah, these are facts these are things people have made up on social media yeah, the black You know,
0: he's got he's got a, a draw full of medals for as a player and a manager at the club. You know, but I just I just hope for him that uh, he does go because from a personal point of view, I don't think anyone deserves you know the stick no. he's getting. And people are now know, you know having you know a go at everything he says at press conferences and that. Mm-hmm. And to me, it, it it just seems that he 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 cuts a lonely figure in the dugout. I don't believe the coaches are uh, you know people that he trusts. I could be wrong. But when he had his
1: own boys in the dugout, a lot more talking. There's a lot more talking
0: in the dugout. You know, like if you can trust, if you can trust someone to have your back, but if you can't trust someone to have your back, well then your, your confidence is going to be shattered. And I just I said to Jim off off record before we started, you know that I was awake this morning at two a.m. and I was just thinking about how Lennon would be feeling lying, lying awake at mm. two a.m. because I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan, and I'm just so. I don't know, I was just so depressed last night because I don't want to be fighting with fellow fans. I don't want to see this. I'm honestly annoyed, and, you know.
1: No, um, you can have healthy discussion, but you don't need to get personal and abuse people. That's the, that's the thing that I can't really get. Yeah. And the thing, last, even last week when they put the banner up, Green Brigade put a banner up, that point, that was out of order, no matter how you look looking at it. You don't need to be turning up for your work and there's a no banner telling you to get out. Most people would have turned on their heels when that happened. You know that? A lot of people have turned on their heels, I don't need this. I mean, I can go and sit in the house. I mean, he's, he's probably made a bit of money over the years, and he, the last thing you want to you see you're going to work, nobody they want you. It's not. I don't. I know they don't speak for everybody, but it's still not a nice thing to see. And it's, then it goes all over social media, all over the papers. Then it goes all before you know, it, it's down south. It's all over the world, everywhere. Social media in an instant, it's all round the world. You know.
0: Yeah, well, the the Green Brigade have never said that they speak for anyone, and, and, and I, yeah. I appreciate that. And I know it's a small enough group. I know there's a lot of hangers on and that, but the Green Brigade is a small yes. enough group. I don't know how they come up with, um, you know, a voting system or, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I'm sure they have because, you know, they've got left-wing views. but I had no problem with the banner. I would no problem with people putting a banner up. I no problem with people protesting. But the problem I had was that they singled out Lennon, when you know he was only he's only he's only part mm-hmm. of the problem, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know. I thought like by all means put a banner up and say you know we need change in that book. I thought, but then that's only my opinion, and the boys are entitled to their opinion, yeah. and that doesn't make me a Lennon apologist, as I've been called, because I backed the man- <laughs> because I backed the manager, you know. Yeah. And, and another yeah. thing to compare, you know, I've seen a sales for change up on someone made a sales for change poster. To compare the sales for change group that Matt McLoone and Brennan Sweeney were involved in when when the club was going down the tubes, and, and John Keane on the a million pound check to save the club, and Fergus come in and you know built the stadium to what you know what we had today. You cannot compare the Kellys Whites to what's up with the, the club now. No, not a chance. You know, Impossible. so you know, we, we, and. I've seen pictures of the boys when they wore the Sack the Boat t-shirts on the on the terraces, you know, and they were protesting. And at that time, some fans criticised them. But at the end of the day, they, they, could they have
1: desired they, the they the, the
0: desired the Yes, and, and it was a much more serious thing, Jim, than uh, what's happening now. What's happening now is Rangers have improved, yeah. which which doesn't help. But you must remember, Stephen Gerrard couldn't buy a win after they came back from Dubai last year, and all of yeah. a sudden. Now, I don't know what's going on at Rangers. Has he changed his coaching? Has he brought someone in? You know, yep. has he recruited better? You know, they might
1: just be hungrier. They, they might just be hungrier. Every game, the scoring goes for fun. To be fair, and it's Celtic, it's Celtic team tonight. They just don't look interested whatsoever. That's a great point. It's, it's true. No, well, that's, that's my opinion, but You know that. It's everybody.
0: Somebody else can have another one. Of course, and, and, and it should be respected. Jim, before we're, before we're talking about Glasgow um, I want to take you back home a young Jim Riley growing up in Glasgow and standing with fellow Celtic, take us back
1: oh, I don't know it's this this a, like for Cupbridge. Bridge Coat Bridge is a big, big Celtic fan base they're all Celtic mad Cote Bridge and their local team's Albion Rovers and we used to support Albion Rovers because my dad was a director at Albion Rovers but then my dad passed on and uh, we were, my mum didn't want us to go to Celtic Rangers games but but this time you'd no dad to tell you what to do. So you used to go to the Celtic games like when you're nine and ten. And eh, that was it. But, but I remember taking to the testimonials years and years ago. And it was the summer. I think Man United would always play. And I'd go to the terraces. And the terraces would be filled with beer cans. They'd sweep all the beer cans down, you know. But we've always, all the all of my mates have some amount of mates back home who are like Celtic fans. And they have been, and supporters' buses back home. We're on them. We'd play for teams called the Townhead Conley football team and stuff like that. Just, just named after things. And I, I just actually seen pictures come up on my thing. Paul McStay was out in Coke years ago. You, you'd remember. Uh, the players used to get, end of the season, who's the, the supportive bus player of the year, and you'd break down. And the players used to drive all over Scotland one Saturday night at the end of the season and make an appearance. So you don't, they're, they're too far. To me, they're too far detached from that now. But... Growing up watching Celtic, you'd yeah, always thought you were going to play for him, but it's never going to happen, is it? <laughs> <laughs> he, he always thinks... certainly not for me, Jim. Everybody says that, like, oh, I'd, be, I'd love to play for Celtic, I'd be doing this and, and give him a right leg and all that comes with it. But he just got up and we were going to the games, we travelling all over Scotland, go to Europe and stuff like that. But there's it's something inside that you'll never lose, you know? And I've got a son out here and he's still, he's, he watches the Celtic games, you know? He's 16. He's been a few games back home. Every time he goes home to Scotland, he always manages to get tickets for the, the games and stuff. So it's just like a progression all the time. My dad was a Celtic fan as well as an Albion Rovers man. It's always Coprages, like as I say, it's a big Celtic place. But you would go to all the as many games as you could go in the season, you know.
0: I've been to the Albion Rolfes. um I, I've been a few parts of Roland when he was commercial director. He used to. Yeah, have,
1: pass, uh, I know parts. William, William, William
0: McStay used to bring a team down there. Uh, a youth team or a under-21 uh, team and that um, we, we'd always go I think I think one year we went on the Saturday and then on the Sunday Celtic, the Celtic first team played Parma at home so yeah. or something like that so there was always you know there was a, it, it wasn't that we were travelling over to see a, a youth <laughs> team we're, we're not that fanatical but it, and did, it, did, it, it was a great time it's great to see these old grounds as well yeah yeah and
1: because like, because Just team played the Albinovers as you know yeah, and they do that they do that trophy every year still the Johnstein trophy and it's all See so have to generally take 10 to send all the, like the young boys reserves I remember one time I went, Thomas Graveson was playing in the Albion Rovers do you not remember?
0: Thomas Graveson was playing that game I definitely <laughs> was in that moment with Thomas I remember Adam Virgo. do you remember him? I remember yeah, yeah, him playing one. yeah, on. yeah.
1: Yeah, he anyway. played in one. There's it, it, like, it probably about 800 people turned up, and that was like, because Albion the ground, it's just the, the main stand. I think I've got a bit of standing area now, but it's generally the stand. But our family's been involved with Albion Rovers for technology years now, you know? And, and we know part through that. It's Thomas crazy. Graveson was funny. Thomas Graveson, he's, <laughs> he's absolutely mad, but imagine going to Albion Rovers and you see Thomas Graveson playing with all these 18 and 19 olds, and he didn't even face them. You know what you think he'd be because he was out, of, I think he was out of, like favour with the manager. The he was the manager team was struck Strachan. I think it was Striking, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, and that brings us back to, you know, the, the, I didn't think it would bring us here. But Jim, that brings us to who signs the players at Celtic. It's gone, it got, like, I know Martin O'Neill brought in his own players. I, I, I know yeah. that. But we've heard the Pianne McCord interview where he says, Gordon Strachan didn't know who he was when he arrived, you know. Now, he mm. would have known who to, uh, Thomas Graveson was when he arrived. Yeah. he certainly wasn't part of his plans
1: judging by <laughs> you know what we've had since no no but, but a lot of people a lot of people because there's always some because at the time they, they would take the, the league trophy up and they, they'd sit it in the boardroom read it in the boardroom and they'd be parading the, the trophy then they do it but to see Thomas Scraves there it's probably one of the weird things you'll see in football you know yeah. a stadium it's only got a stand open you know what I mean <laughs> struggling for the ball boys and he's playing up there and I, a charity match. A family yep. every year. Every you time I,
0: I hear, hear a, a player on a, on a podcast or uh, being interviewed and Thomas Graven's come up, the story was just a, you know, yeah. it was just a rocket, like, you know. He
1: just, oh, he, 100% it, rocket. He's, no, I don't even think he enjoyed football. He liked it, but it was a, probably a his hobbies, you know. I mean, yeah, something it, in his like hobbies. He his hobbies. <laughs> 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 Most people who have the football as a hobby it's something else they do. Has his bike
0: <laughs> to front? I <of> think. <laughs> well, that's a memory, Ruth. Thomas Graveson and playing against Adrian Rose and not being played, not playing with the kids because I don't think Adam Vega was too happy to be playing with the kids. and in fairness to Adam, he wasn't. He wasn't as good a player as Thomas Grabs, and no, he, he, no. he doesn't have a CV like him. But can you? Yeah, you spoke there about early moments and that. Is there any memory,
1: Jim, that sticks out from you know those young days for sell? Oh, the young days, just like you used to jump on the train. Yeah. I should say this but get, there's that many Celtic fans he's never paid we go off at Carentine or Bell Grove when you'd walk up to Celtic Park he's never he'd never paid in the train so you'd get the train in train back my mum she wouldn't even know we'd been at the games you know <laughs> but the Rangers games were something else and they, years ago and also like I think probably one of the best like probably now, like, when we stopped when we stopped 10 at row, that was one of the craziest seasons ever and probably one of the craziest days you know that was twenty odd years, twenty two years ago now. That was a, that was just that is one of the days that would stick out in my, my my life for, for Celtic, you know, going and watching them. Seville as well to an extent, but obviously the result, result went against us. But
0: Wait, Were you still living? Were we used you we used to during the Seville.
1: Yeah, and I'd already been in Australia in ninety eight and I came back and I stayed another few years in Cote Bridge then and we came back out to Australia in two thousand eight. So I had the 2003, two thousand three, four, five, six, then became came away in two thousand and eight. So. You, you, you came home for a fairly good period uh, no. uh, I know <laughs> you I came yourself oh, we will not get married you will not get married at the be and then uh, we thought oh, have another crack at this and that's what we did
0: but I'd say if you had been based in Sydney you would have been on a plane to
1: Seville oh 100% yeah and I actually I'll tell you I'll tell you on the record a story about come Viggo
0: oh, okay right so it's, it's,
1: it's, not for, it's not for public
0: consumption no and, no no and I just said you know you emigrated twice to, to Australia and, and this time you've settled 12 years now as I say do you miss home and do you miss the you know the match day
1: that's the three things you miss your family match days and your friends and match days that's it nothing else I don't miss the town of Cobridge. Bridge it's always good when you go back because I know, I know a lot of people. it? you walk into any pub, there's always someone who know you. Coat Bridges like that, you know? Yeah. But I don't miss it that much. But see you know, nowadays, if somebody told me 20 odd years ago, that you'd be sitting on your phone you'd be able to talk to your family, your, your friends back home in Scotland, face to face, you were told to sign yourself into the loony bin, you know? But see yeah. nowadays, it's so easy to touch base with people back home. You know, the time difference for us is a bit weird because people phone me and uh, it's generally during the night. What time's it there? I'm in my bed, have I guess, you know. <laughs> they always forget about the time difference. They say, I'll get a gym phone. It's generally they're all having parties and they'll phone you up, you know. They think it's a great idea. It's like, it's like three in the morning. Oh, man. And you always get a because over here, phone calls, you always think at that time in the morning, oh, no, something bad's happened. And there's half a dozen of your mates.
0: On the gargle? Uh,
1: there's
0: nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with Friday calling <laughs> at four in the morning. I know. But, but it's grand. Like, like I find it's grand. Like you're oh, coming to the end of your day. It's the evening for you. It's the start of the day for us here in Ireland and in Glasgow. So it's not too bad because I've interviewed a couple of people in Australia. And if someone had told me, like when I started the in 20 years ago, if someone start, told me we'll be able to interview players in Australia and fans in Australia, I'd be going, hey, right, exactly. you know, like I. Hey, if say, if I said, like you must remember, we were sending questions, you know, <laughs> yeah. through the post and getting them back. Yes, right. And <laughs> the first interview I'd done with a player was Tommy Gamble, not a mention Tommy. And uh, I don't know where the dictaphone, you know, and then I had to bring the dictaphone oh. back, and I'm not a trained typist, so you know, I had yes. to keep rewinding it. And when I think back now, like, you can press a button on your computer now, and it'll give you the, you know, it'll give you a recorded interview. You know, I know, it's unbelievable but, and it's great as well for people abroad but as well as yeah. that for getting Celtic news like you, you can imagine people that emigrated in the 60s and the 70s
1: No, oh, they were waiting for newspapers or listening to the BBC World Service we speak to some of the older guys in the club and they said they were getting videos sent over in the 80s and 90s <laughs> videos <laughs> 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 for the, the previous week's games or they'd get them all or they'd have been in somebody's house they'd have the phone on they'd have it on a speaker and the listening to radio O'Clay giving commentaries on that one oh, game.
0: Oh, I never heard that, Jim. That's
1: brilliant. No, that's true. That is that's class. I've got these Scottish guys. You see, we used to be sitting in there and they'd have the phone on and they'd all be sitting listening to the, uh, the, the commentary. Their mum would put the phone up beside the radio and go and speaking so. and <laughs> stuff. That's just, you know what I mean? That's, I you thought see? you would have known that one. No, I didn't know what? that one. Though, you
0: know? And, I, and I've, I've spoke to a lot, especially a lot of the boys in America, you know, but hey, they used to wait for the newspapers and as I said, the BBC yeah. World Service. But so you said there, Jim, that, you know, you miss your mates, you miss going to matches, but, you know, you miss your family. But you, Sydney
1: is home now. Sydney's home, yeah. We were, I, was suppo- we were, I was supposed to go back to Scotland in September, but obviously COVID's put, uh, put the knockers on that. And its I don't think we're going to be allowed to leave Australia until probably towards the end of next year. We're, sort of, we're locked here.
0: It's its funny, Jim, when when all this lockdown went in and, and the lads were advertising... Uh, the Las Vegas convention. It was actually one of your boys, one of the Australian boys, that you know commented, you know, we ain't getting, it. we ain't getting it out of Australia, and Australia is, you know, is it, it, well, it looks from us, from looking on the outside, so it, it's a lot, fa- it's a lot further on from America and from Europe, oh, yeah. a, a, as is New Zealand and, and parts of Asia. So it seems to be that they seem to have got it under control a lot quicker out your. Yeah. Way than they have over railway.
1: It's only a matter. Of, it's only a few weeks ago that we we couldn't literally leave New South Wales, the state. We couldn't leave the state. We were locked in the state because because the amount of cases. But I think they're open now. And uh, as I said to my mate, I says, look, they sent us here as prisoners all the years ago. We're prisoners again. It's just came right round, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we have prisoners still because we can't leave the place. So if, you can't leave, can you leave your, you can't leave your state, am I right? No, we can't now. It's only last week the border's opened up again, but there's still conditions on it. There's only certain states that we can get in without self-isolating. We can't go to Western Australia. I'm sure being need to isolate for two weeks if you want to go meet your mates there. So what's right. the point? At least you can
0: move a bit. Over here, we've yeah. had a lockdown where there was nothing basically open. Then we opened up and then didn't open the, the pubs but they opened the restaurants and that, and then they opened the pubs, and within a couple of days they closed it down because I suppose there was a panic towards um, maybe not being open for Christmas. Now they're going to open again for Christmas, and it looks like they're going to close again then after until oh. we, until until we get a vaccine, Jim. And I've oh. heard these people going on the vaccines that they wouldn't take. But Jim, I'll have a double shot of any vaccine yeah. if if I can get well, if I can get back to watch Celtic.
1: Well, your man, your man, uh, the chairman of corners, he said. He's hoping to be, if you don't have a, a vaccine, you won't be able to fly. He's telling us, you will not be able to fly with Qantas and other air, airlines will probably follow suit. You will not be able to fly unless you get a certificate, I've seen you've had the vaccine. And,
0: and, and Ryanair said the opposite over here, Ryanair said, <laughs> you're not an no virus, as long as you pay. But, <laughs> as long as you pay. I've plenty of drink.
1: Yeah, from oh, madness. <laughs> but it's just, the whole thing, as I say, like, I think there's only a couple of states, because we weren't allowed to go. to Victoria. Victoria's just opened up there recently, you know, and that's there last week as well. Because I think they've had uh, Sydney and everywhere else has had twenty or twenty-eight days, thirty days, like without without any cases being found. So that's a good sign. So we're on the right road compared that's great, to like Scotland. That, so
0: that's a great um, sign, Jim. It is, and and hopefully. Hopefully we can get this vaccine and I know, I know I was joking there we're getting back to see something. but you know, I have an eighty five year old dad and yeah uh, my mum my mom's eighty three and it's just you know it's tough on them, you know, like it's like schools are back open, people are going back about a daily basis. But you know, the older the older folks, you know, the, the there's a lot of loneliness a, as well for people, you know.
1: Yeah. They'll be frightening for the older ones, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: They'll be a bit frightening, I think. So I a lot of older ones are on their own. You know, they, they and are not
0: allowed to visit and stuff like that it's tough for them but my dad would say to me he said will I ever go back to Spain again he's mad to go to the South
1: oh good on him <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the
0: way <laughs> I, I said it to my brother you know I says you know he's mad to get back you know he says Why wouldn't you be he says you can go to the pub every day he said he can't go <laughs> <That's you." laughs> <true. laughs> but Jim we, we, we spoke about Vegas there and, and we mentioned toiling earlier on you know supporters events we, 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 we could never could imagine either that you know the Celtic fans would be Traveling all around the world to these events, you know, and <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they are so important because I, I met you in Vegas. Uh, you introduced yeah. you introduced me to Willie Wallace, you know, Lisbon What an honor that was! Hopefully, we we'll get you know, we, well, we will get the chance to go back and and, and do it all again. But any any is maybe when this is all over, maybe having a bit of a gig for us over in Sydney to give us an excuse to go to the other side of the world. Well, and as
1: I say, 20, 2022 twenty twenty two, we're having a fortieth anniversary. They're having a. We're going to. We're just invite all the all other all the clubs from around Australia. We'll put something on We'll have a dinner dance on the Saturday, maybe. you we'll turn up the with In the pubs, or whatever, we'll have music Fridays. Saturday, we'll have dinner dance. Sunday, maybe a boat cruise. Then everybody goes back home on the Monday.
0: So I may get to do a yeah. famous boat cruise.
1: Oh, you may be. I'll
0: just I'll only have a word the boys. <laughs> what month are you thinking of? You know, like you imagine 2022. You know, what What month would you be mentioning? Because oh, I'll be passing this. Uh, it won't be Thailand, be it
1: won't be Thailand month, don't worry. We've we sorted that one
0: out. No, 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 I'm just wondering what, what, when, like, right, you know. It's going to be October. October. So, uh, October 2022, folks. Yeah. We could be all heading for Sydney. We'd be looking for two flights. <laughs> 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 but you'll you need the vaccine first. Uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> I will,
1: if we haven't the vaccine but then, Jim, I don't know what i think, I'll do. I think because we were, well, we, we were going to have it in like we were going to have the, the the anniversary the same time as the Vegas. But since Vegas had moved on, and uh, we're still under the impression that Thailand's happening in twenty twenty two again, is
0: it? Jim, the way it is with Thailand is we're going to wait. You know yourself, it's a small festival. we're, yeah. we're going to wait. We had a lot of problems the last time, obviously with COVID and that, you know. But it was the first time as well, and we kind of went in a bit blind. We have looked at, you know hotel where we can keep everything in-house and it'll be just for Celtic Mm -hmm. fans, Uh, a really good hotel. And that was kind of in place when we were were over there this time, the last time, but now it's all been up in the air because, but if we can get back over and have a look and there's a vaccine, we hope to go ahead with this. If we can get the support of the fans and that the fans want it. I know over here, you know, all my mates and my own supporters are all mad to get back and it has been great support from Australia and New Zealand and that. So look, if the interest is there,
1: Thailand would go ahead. I think because we were talking, we were actually talking, we had a meeting last week and we were talking about it and that, and we'd definitely go back because apparently Thailand's opened up again, but it's only one flight a week. Com-
0: compared to Ireland, when we were in Thailand, you know, they had had the SARS virus and I think they yeah. were a lot more ready for it than maybe mm. Europe, Europe was because when I got like, you know, when I was in Thailand, you had to wear a mask and into places, uh, the hygiene, the temperature checks, When I come back to Ireland, you know, they didn't come into place for a couple of months. Like when people people used to look strange at me because I had a mask, (laughs) you know. (laughs) You know, so that was, you know. And I think that should something like this happen again, God forbid, I think countries will be more ready for it. But anyway, look, let's not talk about COVID. Um, You got me thinking there about Thailand and Sydney. I'm getting (laughs) excited. I'm getting excited. But
1: it's always something to look forward
0: to. Jim, right? We 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 have a dead dog on Thursday after we exited the Europa League you know very disappointing but I want to talk about you know something positive I've had, I've had great stories from your supporters club about you know some of the great European nights and parties that left I had I had big Keith on the rugby league player he told yeah. me and obviously one of my good friends over here is Bino Breen and he walked over there as well and he's told me some cracking stories which is kind of you know why Sydney has, has been on my bucket list because I'm getting old now I'll be 50 next year but I can still do a good party. Like I've been lucky enough that I've been, you know, I was in Rome last year. You know, we spoke about Seville. You know, I was in Liverpool. I was in Celtic Park the night Nakamura scored the goal against Man United. You know, these are all fantastic memories for me, falling Celtic. But w- when you're falling from afar, Jim, these nights must be so special.
1: Yeah, probably the best night for us. Probably, obviously, any cup final you win, but. Barcelona, we beat Barcelona with Lennon in charge 2-1. That was like, that was like. so the game kicked off. I think it was, I think it was quarter to five in the morning or something, or quarter to six, whatever time it was. And we were all there and the place was absolutely heaving because it was 125th year anniversary, the same, the same night, remember? Yeah. Yeah, so the place, you couldn't move. It was like quarter to five, five o'clock in the morning. The pub is absolutely jam-packed. You couldn't move and the beers flowing. The goals went in. Oh, it just went mental. I like guys are getting home at six o'clock and nine o'clock that night from the from the morning. <laughs> Never go to work the next day. <laughs> it's just madness. Yeah. I mean, that was probably one of the better ones.
0: When you think of that night, you know, Virgil Van Dijk, oh. the greatest defender in the world. We had him that night, a young Virgil Van Dyke, you know, one Yama. I think I think Foster played, did he? Was Foster a go No, no,
1: no, who was it? Who was a goalie? That was Forster was Foster was a the because they called him the Great Wall, remember.
0: Yeah, like it uh, was and you know, and then I uh, think when we arrived in Glasgow that day, Connor was with me, my son. Connor's 21 now, so he was probably maybe, maybe 13 at the time. He was a young teenager. But we, we got a car, a minibus down from Edinburgh Airport with a couple of other fans. And as we drove by the Raddison Blue, Blue Hotel, just as we come on, just at the corner there, coming on to Hope Street, you know, Messi walked out of the hotel, the bus, the team bus was <laughs> outside, you know, and the excitement, you know, you're like, someone said to me, oh, yeah, Connor must be very excited. I says, no, no, he couldn't see. I pushed him out of way. <laughs> But yeah, it was that
1: was an amazing night. I'd say a few years didn't go to walk after that. No, enough, not a chance. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Half of us don't even know how we go home.
0: <laughs> Jim, like, the success we've had in recent years has been, you know, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. But at the moment, sadly, we're a divided club. You know, how yeah. can we, you know, how do you think we can unite as a support again and get this season turned around to some positivity
1: well there needs to there needs to be more talking done between everybody You need to talk you know from the top right down to the right down to the tea lady you know we yeah. need to talk we need to talk there's no communication there seems to be a breakdown somewhere it's, or something's getting bypassed and they're going from one you know what I'm saying they're missing yeah. something out there's something missing there and it's part of it's obviously communication and even get the the fan supporters get some of the head like some of the supporters in and let them hear what's happening Tell them how they're going to move forward, but yeah, and, moment, and maybe yeah, let
0: them come back to us then and, and give us some feedback yeah, and say, look, yeah, yeah I totally agree. That
1: make sense? Yeah? If you get everybody if you get everybody around the one table, you should no try and sign for the same hymnsheet, you know. If everybody's in agreement, this is what to move forward, we need to do this. Fine, but you can't have one group saying this is what we want, Use what not? well, we're not happy with you. It doesn't work like that. You need everybody needs to be in agreement and uh, like
0: if, if the club came out and said look because of COVID we're going to have to downsize and if they did come out and said and this is why we're going to downsize and what we're going to do is we can't afford to compete and we can't afford to spend this on wages so what we're going to do is we're going to invest in the youth and we're going to try and bring a, a team through yeah. from a certain age like, like I suppose you go back to the Quality Street Gang or something like that we're going to bring a team through you know and well then you'd know right well look yeah that sounds okay let's give that a try yeah we're going to be if you think back to international football, Belgium, Belgium were a great team when I was a kid. And then we didn't see them for years because they had ripped up, Mm. uh, they'd ripped up the the, the blueprint and created a new blueprint. And now they're one of the top teams in the world. But the fans had to go through years yet to get it, to get to where they are. But we do need, and like, I remember the supporters groups used to meet with, with, you know, the board and come back and, you know, be able to speak to supporters clubs and, when supporters clubs would get together. Now, my supporters club is, I suppose, quite big for, for an Irish club, 120 season book holders. I'm not sure what the membership is, maybe 150. So, we're not in any of the affiliations or the associations and we never have. So, we we don't have really a representative, you know, but there is a there's yeah. a number of big clubs at that in Ireland, and they do communicate. I've been on Zoom calls with them and Hilly, who runs our club, is in close contact with them. So, there's a group of maybe a thousand uh, season book holders within them clubs you know, that maybe someone out of that, that could, could go to a meeting, you know, someone from the Celtic Trust, someone from all the associations, you know, someone to represent the North American interests yeah. someone to represent the, the boys down under, you know. If someone was going and then maybe feeding back, you know, what and saying, look, this is this is how they're, they're planning on moving forward. You know, everyone's not going to agree, but if there's a consensus, you know, we yeah. can you, because at the moment, Jim, you know, although we oh, all went so. to bed, I've said it before, we go to bed a Celtic Fan, we wake up a Celtic fan. But at the moment, it's toxic.
1: Yeah, it's bad. It is bad. It's it's not pretty to watch, and it's not pretty to read, and it's not pretty to see on social media. No, and
0: that's, course, the, the that's is, nothing at all. Of course is not, Jim. Um, I hope your knee gets better. Me too. Uh, <laughs> and I hope you're bouncing around. We're all bouncing around Sydney, Thailand, Glasgow, or wherever we <laughs> we, we go. <laughs> uh, we will. I need, I need I need to earn a few bob I think before because I'm dreaming of all these trips, but. As I said, I'm going to be 50 next year and I'm going to be 25 years married, so that's a great excuse for a good holiday. Oh, yeah.
1: You might just, might just get yourself to one of these places soon.
0: Well, uh, so Australia's always been on the bucket list, but, you know, I think the wife was hoping I'd get shipped over an there and maybe wouldn't come back, give her a bit of peace. But look, Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Um, it, it's amazing with technology how we can do this. And it is the morning after the game before because we're pre-recording this one for the podcast because of the time difference and what have you. But, Jim, all I can say is enjoy a beer. I'll enjoy one here and hopefully soon we'll enjoy one together.
1: Yep, yeah, mate. You too. Pete. Pleasure talking to you again.
0: No, it's been a pleasure getting a point of view and especially getting a point of view from someone so far away who loves the club. Always great to catch up a Celtic fan and someone that you haven't seen in a while. So it's great to chat to Jim again. Celtic support is spread around the world and it's always great to hear the fan stories and what their matchday experience is, no matter where they are. Especially when they're so far away from paradise. I have to say, you have to be impressed with the way they run the club and how they keep the Celtic family together out there. Pure quality. Now, here I go with my little sell and spiel. Thanks to everyone who bought the latest issue of More Than 90 Minutes, issue 111. Hard to believe, I suppose. In a world which is dominated by digital media, it's so good to still be able to produce the print copy. And we can only do that with your support, especially with no match day sales anymore. There's still a handful of copies left of the current issue, and we're starting work this week on issue 112, which should be interesting with the columns and opinion pieces that are coming in at the moment from the team. You can also download the digital edition of the fanzine from CelticFanzine.com. Anyone taking out a 12-month subscription will receive a free T-shirt, and if you just want a three-month subscription, we'll post off a free badge in the post. As a thank you for your continued support. All subscribers will also get a digital copy of each issue while well, they wait for the print copy to drop through the letterbox and access to all our back issues. And of course, if you're not into the print media and you're a bit modern, you can also subscribe for the digital issue and that drops into your inbox about five days before the print copy. You can visit our online shop, have a look at our t-shirt and merchandise and we'll post out all orders which come in before noon, as I said, every day. With each episode of the podcast, we will throw out a special offer for the listeners. This episode, you can buy one of our hoodies and we'll throw in a free T-shirt. And all the details are on our podcast description. As always, thanks to Ronan McQuillan for producing the show and his growing interest in the Celtic fan base around the globe and helping me pronounce some of these strange towns and cities that you're listening to the podcast. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. So, folks. If you like what we're doing and you'd like to support us, you can do so by visiting CelticFanzine.com where you can become a member, subscribe, buy or donate for the price of a point. We're promising no unwanted Google-type adverts on the website and in our articles and no unwanted advert interruptions on our podcast. We want to try and keep it real. We definitely want to keep it independent. Your support helps us to continue to produce quality, independent fan journalism, podcasts, video content, live events when we can get back, which... Hopefully it's going to get me sooner now with the vaccines coming out. I've already ordered a double with my GP. I have no problem. I'll even be a guinea pig if they want, just so I can get back to watch the Celtic. So, folks, if you're not in a position to financially support us at this time, don't worry. We'll still deliver the same quality content free to all fans. And don't forget to download the app. That's free too. And you'll have access to all our podcasts, articles, daily news, video events, and, of course, the fanzine and our online shop, all at the touch of a button on your phone or tablet. All episodes of the podcast are now available across all major platforms, so don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. You can also listen to the podcast on our Instagram page. Thank you, Aaron, for your help, as always. And don't forget to visit and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Once again, thanks to our episode sponsor, Auto Assurance and Doc, for the continued support. And don't forget, we'll post up all their details on the description on the podcast. So, if your business or Celtic Supports Club like the podcast and would like to become a sponsor, please email us at info.celticfansin.com and you can also contact us through the website or message us on social media. Keep all the comments coming in and keep all the suggestions coming in for guests you'd like us to have on the show. Here's a few of the comments that came in after the last podcast. I may be biased because of Millish's friend, but I enjoyed those two great interviews. Hilly, regular listener, former guest on the show, and as I said, very biased. Celtic Soul, great podcast. Dave Matches and Drada. Thank you for the invite to the interview. Was a very emotional moment for me. It was a time of my life which I haven't spoken about in a long time. Take care and see you soon back in Glasgow. Mimo Rossi, living in Glasgow, but with his heart firmly in Naples. Well done, Linda, on the Celtic Soul podcast, Wesley Doyle, Dublin. Thank you so much for the interview, which I really enjoyed. And thank you for highlighting our plight. Up the workers. And that's from Linda Carroll, who was our guest with Mimo on the last podcast. Fantastic interview, Andrew, and brilliant support for the ex-Debenham Walkers. 233 days on the picket line across Ireland and battling for justice. Boycott Debenhams. Suzanne Sherry, who is also one of the strikers. Well, thanks to Suzanne and everyone else for the comments and keep them coming in. We will be back with another episode on Friday of the Celtic Soul podcast in the aftermath of the AC Milan game, which the Italians need to win And at the moment, Salah can't win an argument. How different would it be if there was 10,000 to 15,000 of us in Milan? A city we have visited so many times. We haven't got great results in it, but we've had happier times. And I suppose in more normal times, we would all be there. Enjoying the crack, enjoying the points, enjoying the Italian food and enjoying the back in the team. Because we would, no matter what. I don't think we're going to witness an early Christmas miracle in the San Siro. But I'll be watching as I did on Sunday. But I don't think I would be as shocked as I was during those 90 minutes. We can play for Pride. The players can play for Neil Lennon. He's still the manager. He still should be back 100% until the board decide that it's time for change or they're going to stay with him. But I would love the board to come out and give us some information instead of feeding it out to hacks in the press. Just the silence remains deafening. Anyway, folks, enjoy the rest of the week. The pressure remains on Lenny. Not sure if the players are feeling the same pressure. Well, not some of them anyway. Ross County and the League Cup is gone and that amazing domestic cup run. But as I said, the board are silent and only two men can change what's happening at Celtic regarding personnel, the recruitment policy and the future direction of Celtic. And that's Dermot Desmond and Peter Lowell. We want to lend our support to musicians and songwriters out there who have been hit so hard by the lockdown restrictions. No gigs and no venues. So we're asking you to send your material and we give you a plug on the show and play out of each show with one of your tracks. Today, we play out the previously unreleased song from Kieran Davenport, which was recorded live the night before Celtic played Leipzig in happier times. The gig was packed out in Berlin's SOS 36, a very famous venue where he also recorded the album. For more information on Kieran and his band Glasnevin, visit Glasnevin1916.bigcartel.com. Where you can support the band, buy albums and merchandise. You can also hear them on platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, etc. And we'll have all the details on the podcast description. Stay tuned, stay safe, and keep the faith. And here's Kieran playing over Inter Milan when Celtic were the kings of Europe after they came out of some tough years in the 1950s and the early 1960s. Faithful true and true then, folks, and more faithful true and true now.
2: We all set out from Dublin town, Carlton and from County Down, Cork, York and Glasgow, from Boston and Chicago. We all got on the aeroplane and all the target's greatest names landed up in Portugal to take on Glasgow Celtic. Everything was called a plan. When Glasgow Celtic beat Inter Milan. Cos on the 25th of May, the kids all had a holiday Sun was shining down in all the windows they were open Some watched in the Squirrel Bar, Lynch's and in Denny's Bar Some watched down in Traders and some in Derry Trainers Everyone was a Celtic fan, when Glasgow Celtic been in Tourmaline Well Celtic went out to attack Soon got caught out at the back Of the big man's old hat A slot away a penalty Celtic rallied to the call Celtic will with the ball Into us old fortunate To be one of our halftime Said catch us if you can When Glasgow Celtic beat Inter Milan. Well, the second half got underway. Sales put on a great display Of attacking football that made Inter run for cover Gable brought his level and the cup was surely settled In a shot from Bobby Murdoch was deflected in by Chalmers And a score right the 2-1 When Glasgow Celtic takes feet into Milan Well, we all went out to celebrate The bus came down the gala gate. Young um, to Celtic pop to Hela Laurie, Lord of Heroes European Cup display, Celtic gave our victory way Everyone was singing, we're the champions of Europe And Chuck the a man When Glasgow, Celtic beat Inter Milan When Glasgow, Celtic beat Inter Milan When Glasgow, Celtic beat Inter Milan 2-1 Hills.